Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. It is up, everybody. Welcome to Comic Book Club. Did you hear that in the background? We can oh. hear you. Oh, great. This is going great already. Say your name. Oh, boy. All right. We're going to do that later. Here, we're going we're gonna to start this over again. Oh, wow. We're Whoa. really starting? Jeez. That's never happened. That has never, never happened, happened, but already a tech disaster. Okay. Three, two. Come on, Comic Book Now I gotta leave that part in. Jeez. What's up, everybody? I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live, I guess, from a couple of places on the internet. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter slash X. We were trying to be live on Instagram, but clearly some uh, some kinks gotta be worked out there. We're hmm. trying it. It's we're interesting. Trying it. Yeah. Technology doesn't, it's not like um, Ben Franklin put one key in the air and all of a sudden electricity, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not uh, like uh, <laughs> Oliver Newton uh, got hit with an apple. It's, it's Olivia Newton. Olivia yeah, Olivia it's Olivia Newton. Newton. Got John. An apple, yeah, John. And that made her dance. <laughs> mm-hmm. A flash dance, if you will. Oh, that wait exactly. a second. What is happening? That's how I, you got, that's how we, we discovered grease lightning. <laughs> which was the first lightning yes uh so beyond that uh you know beyond that fun little tech mishap i will just say up front five to ten minutes before the show i was setting up my tech and a little piece of my mic fried out no this is important i feel i feel strongly about our mic quality no. also you're gonna hear what i'm like tap 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 on the computer yeah, don't so. do that you know, this is an audio podcast later, so the audio is important. And a lot of people listen just for the audio fidelity conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People really like it when you talk again. I love it. to hear just how yeah. the uh, sausage is not quite made. Yeah, I love it. And Justin, also, you're not using your mic for inexplicable reasons, so it's all good. Um, cool. Okay, why don't we get into it? Once a month, we pay tribute to all of our fine Patreon supporters by thanking them, but only certain ones of them. We only thank people for the $5 and up level. Below that, oh. honestly, like, who cares, I gotta say, right? Right, what? guys? Pete? That's yeah? the spirit. Come on, man. Oh, uh, there we go. There uh, no, is. obviously, we thank everybody who supports us on Patreon, but we do give a shout-out to anybody at the $5 and above level. So let's do that right now, kicking it off with Aaron C. Hollis. Adam DeRose. Adam Marks. Adriel Moreland. Alana Vatno. Amanda Harris. Andrew Primo. Ashy G, Beercat PhD, Benjamin Brown, Harley W, Carrie Matthews, Chris Leatherman, Christina Jeremilo, uh, Christina Rensfield, Chris Terlizzi, Clemens Luer, Dan Snow, Daniel Cabral, Daniel Fuentes, Daniel Warden, bringing us home, Danny Heck, Debbie Gloom, Dennis Scott, Derek Maynard, Doug Sutterway, Dylan LJ. Eduardo Martinez. I'm McQuish. Enrique Chumbas. Jeffrey Risher. Gerard de Villiers. 
the accent perfect every time. Ian Rainey, Isaac Carter, Jake Fry, James Connolly, Jaron Townsend, Jason Donahue, Jeffrey Whaley, John George, John Henderson, Jonathan Jong, Jonathan McCool, Joshua W. Broxon, Joshua Wright, Julian Lobato, KC Newhaven, Kelby, Clevin Kleinrock, Karen Broderick, Cody Thomas, Luana Thomas, Lucas Sink, Matt Tice, so nice, Matthew C. Hernandez, Matthew De Palma, Michael McAuliffe, Michael Tillman, Nelson Kelso Martinez, Nick G, Nick Grayson, official CBC chef, Brett Macris, Omnia Soul Art, Oren Dix, Otis Larson, Pedro A. Rangel, <laughs> Provocative Ambulance, Rev Mikey, Robert Pettinato, Roxanne Tyler, my mom, Sarah Schottmuller, Sarah Schaefer, Scott Carpenter, Scott England, Stanley, Tamela Rush, Taylor Bryan, The Big Flood, The Twelve Batch, Victor Perez, Will Buchanan, William Leach, Zika's Viral Comics. Uh, I <laughs> cut off there. I didn't even see that. Zachary Bachman is what you were supposed to say. Thank you so much, everybody. All the money that you give us goes directly to paying our audio technicians, so we really appreciate it. <laughs> and why don't we get into the show? We have some amazing guests for you this evening. That's Let's fun. bring in first. He is the creator behind, among many other things, Mandalorian and Child, which is out now. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeffrey Brown. Jeffrey, welcome back to the show. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me again. Oh my yeah. gosh. Uh, thanks for coming back. I I forgot to bring my book downstairs. I, there you go. But everybody else brought their books. And if you're listening to the podcast, oh man, I'm so left out. I left mine are. upstairs. I meant to bring it down, but I got frazzled by the audio. Uh, Jeffrey, this book is once again great. Uh, it came out in November from Chronicle, if I remember correctly. And per the title, this is the latest of how do you how do you think about it? Like I was about to call it just sort of short form cartoons, but I, I don't know if that's exactly how you characterize it or. Yeah. You, you know, it's something that I've noticed, like when I try to describe, cause it's like my middle grade books, it's easy. I can just say it's, you know, it's a middle grade graphic novel. And these it's like, I guess it's one page gag cartoons, except sometimes it's two pages. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes they're not exactly gags. They're like more like sweet kind of yeah, emotional moments more yeah. than humorous i mean the even if there are humorous too so yeah i don't know i i leave that to the publisher so that's on them <laughs> to, to define things i just something that I, I do think is a little different about this one though is with the previous ones you've recast you know you've done a bunch of different things but you've recast a lot of the star wars characters like as kids like the darth vader and son thing so you have little luke and whatever here you have an actual child does that make it easier or does it make more difficult because they've already done so much on the TV show? Yeah. I mean, it's, um, the, it, the difficulty. Yeah. The one difficulty is the fact that, you know, it's like there are moments on the show that are pretty funny because Grogu is a child. Um, and, and yeah. And I guess that's the other difficulty is like, it's like, it's hard when, when something's funny already, like how do you find how do you like find the humor or mm. find the humor from a different angle? Um, and I guess the third the third difficulty, and this was probably the, actually the the biggest thing, was that um, 
you know, the, the other Star Wars books have a vast amount of material to draw from beyond the movies. Um, whereas the show, you know, I just, there's a limited number of episodes so far and there really isn't like, you know, the, the whole expanded universe that I can kind of pull from um, in addition, even though, you know, the runtime, there's actually quite a, quite a bit of, of minutes of film to, to use for the book. Um, but it's kind of like more like the, the kind of the, the behind the, behind the story, like the backstory that, um, you know, is easier when when you're working with the the iconic like Vader and Luke and Leia. Well, in the uh, in the Mandalorian, there's a lot of non-parenting parts of the TV show, so <laughs> I feel like uh, it. You know, the, you have a little bit of source material, but it's a lot of sort of finding moments between the moments, like you said. Now, did you feel like you had to sort of put a little bit more of an age on Grogu here? Because um, I, I feel like the show plays pretty fast and loose with it. Yeah, well, I mean, the show Grogu, I I feel like he he grows up quite a bit from season one to to season three, um, uh, and you know that's always it's always something that with all the the books, you know, when when I'm working with like little Luke and little Leia too, there's a certain vagueness you want to have where once you start defining like a super specific age, it gets it kind of undermines your or limits what you're able to do. Um, so like the, one of the comics that I look to is like peanuts, the way they're sometimes they're, they're kids and they're really young kids. And sometimes they're like kids that are almost like teenagers and kid bodies. And sometimes they're just like, these are full grown old men, um, yeah. you know, talking. Um, and so it's a little bit of that, and um, but uh, Grogu doesn't talk, so that kind of you know that kind of puts some parameters on things. Could you talk about him artistically a little bit, uh, specifically your approach to Grogu? Because it strikes me, I was going from my non-artistic perspective, it might be difficult to delineate Yoda from Grogu. Yes. in art. <laughs> Could you talk yeah, about that, and that challenge? Was, I mean, that was one of the things. Like when I when I first started sketching. Um, they, the Lucasfilm was like, you know, like make sure he doesn't look like Yoda. And it was something that I had to kind of <laughs> sketch enough to get past where, where he wasn't just looking like, like a slightly different version of Yoda. Um, uh, and also, you know, like there's, there's been other kind of stylized cartoony versions of Grogu and it's, um, there's a process of finding kind of like, how do I draw Grogu? Um, and yeah, so it's just basically like over, over doing, when I'm coming up with ideas, I fill kind of a sketchbook and this is kind of like my, my very first ideas here, um, which I guess, sorry, if you're only listening to audio, you're missing out, but, um, oh, wow. you know, awesome. like, like there's, when I'm, when I'm sketching, things are even simplified more and that kind of gives me the kind of the groundwork, um, to how I've simplified it for for the book when I'm doing the final artwork, and then it's just kind of adding a little more detail. Um, but I mean, like the the basic story is, you know, just Grogu's wrinkly because he's a baby, but not as wrinkly as Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it's got those young that. wrinkles. There's a, yeah. there's a difference. Well, I we're familiar up, with that. Uh, lo- love your stuff is really fun. It's a uh, you know all your books are you know have a real levity to them. It's it's what I like. It's like a peek inside. You know we've seen them uh, you know Grogu from the show, but this is kind of like fun in between adventures that we kind of get a. a look into the one we just kind of saw up there, which is one of my favorites. I had it marked in the book, but Alex was smart enough to put it up there. Um, uh, I like the, oh. you know, it's like, well, how would Grogu fingerprint? Well, you, you do it this way. So it's a fun kind of exploration of the character. Do you kind of map out like fun activities to do with the kids? And then like, oh, how would Grogu do these? Or, or how, how do you kind of explore that? It's it's always a mix of of. Two, there's two kind of ways that I approach the thinking. Um, the first way is is that where I, I'll think of something that kids do, and think like, like what? It, how can how can that fit into something from the show or a character from the show? Um, and then the other way is to to think of like a scene that I like in the show or a character in the show, and I'm, and then I have to kind of like think where what's a parenting situation or like a real life situation that that I could like translate that into or or mesh that with cool um and so it's yeah it's kind of like sometimes i'll have a like a list of like all the kids things and i'll kind of cross them off as i come come up with things and um and then same thing with like um less less so with the show i think there's the the kind of in terms of quotes like for the vader books there's like all these classic lines from the movies and so I would have like a list of classic lines just kind of and then um on the side and as i'm going through with the drawings like kind of double checking that list and like what's a quote i haven't used before that might like a like a good line from the from the movies well similarly this is like you're saying it's more recent right so is there i looking back at all the properties these have been parodied to death the lines have been done to death and people keep finding new life and new ways to hit them this is something relatively fresh and new does that open it up more or do you find that lucasfilm holds it a little tighter because they're still developing it as they go um i mean both both mm-hmm. so i mean they're definitely like this this um property or this side of star wars as a property like there there was a lot more i don't want to say restrictions but like there was like the guidelines were were more specific um and so so in that way like that's that's a little bit uh, i mean it's it's not really difficult because it's just like i just churn out the ideas and then it's you know then they just kind of say yes or no so um, it's not like I have to like worry about staying in the lines. Like they'll tell me if I'm going out of the lines and I can say, okay. Um, yeah, not that, but, one, uh, I guess. Yeah. So it's, you know, um, but yeah, in terms of, you know, it's something I ran into with the Ray and pals book working with like the, the new trilogy for the, for the films, um, where, I, I'm working with characters that they maybe they maybe don't know what their plans are, and or maybe they have their right. plans, but they don't want um, 
anyone else to know or like or maybe like it could go one of two ways and they've decided so um um but you know with 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 this book i you know it's a thing but it didn't really i i didn't really feel like it affected um the process the ray and pals book was the one where where like that was definitely it was definitely an effect where it's like it's like because when i was working in that one i it's like who is ray like is is Luke actually her father somehow, you know, like what are, mm -hmm. you know, like there's all these yeah. theories and, um, and I was not given any, <laughs> any, uh, <laughs> any secret info, um, whether they, they knew that and when I was working on it or not, like those details. So there's so many guest stars in the book. Uh, was, what was the easiest to sort of slide in uh, outside of uh, Mando and Child? And what was sort of the hardest to be like, what's, where's the place for this character? I mean, Boba Fett actually ended up being pretty easy. Um, you know, it's like, it's it's almost like once you kind of figure out, like, if, you know, Grogu is the found family for Mando, um, and Boba's like the cool uncle who's maybe not, you know, a blood uncle, but he's like the uncle um in the in the in the trio uh i like uh ahsoka ahsoka took some time for me to figure mm. out like um like i would have liked to have had maybe more with her but it was it was just hard with how much she was in the show and obviously now now we've had a whole ahsoka series it might be um different but um she was probably like the the tough one where it took me a while to like find some some places that it, it would make sense for her. Yeah, with fewer sort of areas of the Star Wars universe being explored in TV and film, where areas do you want to go in? Like, is there a book of Baby <laughs> Fett that, was, that we can expect? <laughs> baby Fett. Um, you know, I I didn't really thought about it. Uh, I'm I'm like so it's you know my relationship with star wars is is hard because it, on the one hand i like i really like drawing Star Wars, and it's been great to like be able to create things within the universe but i also, i'm also like just a fan so like like for mm -hmm. like where my head's at it's like i'm really looking forward to andor season two you know <laughs> it's like right and like i don't even like like that that's so that's like i haven't even thought like oh what yeah, what would I well, like? Could you could you do an Andor book in this style, given yeah. how serious I, that is? I don't think so. I mean, like, okay. like I like I loved Rogue, Rogue One, and it's another one too, where it's like, what, like, like, is it possible to do one of these books where, like, I mean, spoiler <laughs> alert. So, volume off for a couple seconds here, but you know, it's like, how do I do one of these books where everyone dies? yeah um, <laughs> that's that's a that's that yeah it's a little it gets a little heavy um even though like rogue one i think k2so is like is like super funny and there's lots of yeah um humor in that and that film as dark as it is rogue fun there you <laughs> that's all that uh, we have a couple of questions here over on YouTube. This is one from Nat Townsend, more of a general question. Do you guys have any advice on what I should do with a pair of Ahsoka-themed Minnie Mouse ears that I received as part of a promotion? Uh, <laughs> sell them on eBay. Sell them on eBay. Great uh, for a Christmas card. Jeff, any suggestions? I mean, I think you're supposed to wear them. That's the best answer. That's why we have the experts on. Keep it simple. Yeah, Pixar simple. didn't happen, Nat. 
<laughs> and we have one more specifically for you, Jeff. This is from Edward Doherty. Does Jeff have any plans for more biographical comics like Clumsy? Yeah. So I mean, it's been it's been a long time. Um, you know, it's it's even though I've been working in Star Wars and things, um, there is a lot of autobiographical elements. So um, with Vader and Son, it was you know a lot of my parenting experiences with my son with Jedi Academy. You know, it's kind of drawing on my experiences in middle school and high school. Um, but as far as like straightforward autobiographical, I hadn't really had um, like a full book idea in a long time. And I've started to have like little short stories. So um, mm. I might I might do like a mini comics worth. <laughs> I've, been, okay. I've been trying to like have it gel. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where my career like I have this whole career before I started doing Star Wars where I was like doing these autobiographical comics. And um, it was almost like this kind of natural transition because that stuff had not run its course, but I kind of, you know, I said the things that I wanted to say with those books. And um, I, you know, I don't want to force something that's, you know, just for the sake of like, I'd like to do more of that stuff, but I don't want to do it just because I feel like i should do it and so i'm kind of waiting for the right mm -hmm. inspiration for it i mean on that note one thing that i really love about these star wars books and correct me if i'm wrong but in the back matter you always have a picture of yourself and it's your two sons right dressed yeah. up in costume i love just seeing them get older and older yeah it's really yeah up. it's so delightful yeah i mean it's it's funny as it's like you know like autobiographical me is is uh you know I still draw myself like when I was 25 years old. So. <laughs> it's uh, like I haven't really updated it. So it's like with with my sons, I've 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 like with this um, with the Mando and Child book, I tried specifically like okay, like I need to like age them up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Um, other than this, obviously, this only came out a month ago. But do you have another one lined up, or is there anything else? You want to plug coming yeah, up? Yeah, as far as what I can talk about, because that's one of the mm. one of the hard things about these licensed projects is, you know, it's like uh like I was working on the Mandalorian and Child book for a long time and and people are you know, people are asking like you to do something with Mandalorian and like, <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple projects that I'm I'm working on um that I can't say yet. But um <laughs> but the one the one that um that I'm I just wrapped up as a sequel to my middle grade Batman book, um, Batman and Robin and Howard. Um, mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. We have a, a sequel that's uh, Batman and Robin and Howard summer breakdown. And um, it's going to, they're going to release it as kind of three 48 page or yeah, I think 48 or 64. I forget. Um, so three kind of slim volumes or thick mm. issues. Cool. Um, that's great. And so sometime next year those will come out and that'll be eventually it'll be collected. So oh that's awesome. My son loved that first book, so he's gonna be very excited to hear that. Uh, I am too, of course. I'm just saying also my <laughs> son. Well, thank you. <laughs> yes, that's nice. Uh awesome. Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming on. Always yeah. a pleasure to see yeah, you. Of course. Thanks for sending us the books, man. Love them. Yeah, thank you. Great to talk All to right. you. See you soon. All right, there we go. Once again, the book is called Mandalorian and Child. It's from Jeffrey Brown, and it's out now from Chronicle Books. 
It's right in your face if you're watching the video stream. Um, listen, why don't we bring in our next guests? Listen, they are listen, listen. listen. Hey, Alex, listen. Hey, Alex calm relax. down. Calm down. Stop yelling at somebody about whoa, something they're already doing. Wow, traffic cop over here. Yeah, this mic thing's really thrown me. I'm very sorry. Yeah. All right, why don't we move on and bring in our next guest? They are the creators behind the, the awesome save his life. Drive like hell from Dark Horse Comics, ladies and gentlemen. Rich Duck and Alex Korbach. Hey. hey, what's up, guys? Uh, good to see you, Alex. You're on mute, so listen. Isn't that embarrassing? Oh, listen. <laughs> no, we've never had sound quality issues on this podcast. Yeah. Never. That's why we pay our I'm audio tech. Yeah. That's why we pay our audio tech so much money. Uh, guys, we love this book. This is so much fun for anybody who hasn't checked it out. It's the short pitch, I think, is it's about a dude who steals a car. Turns out it's literally the car from hell and ends up basically in a fast and furious type situation. You know, the kind with a bunch of demons <laughs> after him and other things. Uh, this is this is great. It's super fun. Um, talk to us a little bit about the germ of the idea. You guys have worked together a lot. So at this point, is it just kind of bouncing around ideas until one sticks? Um, where did this come from? Uh, yeah, I, I, we, we do bounce around ideas back and forth. Uh, this one happened to come up. Uh, it was like during the pandemic and we weren't really sure what was going on with, with our books that were in progress because basically like the whole industry had shut down. So Alex was like, what do you got? And, uh, <laughs> and, uh I sent him a, a couple of ideas and, uh, he's like, I want to do the one with the cars. And I'm like, are you sure you're going to have to like draw a lot of cars? Like generally don't like to do and he's like, no, I want it. So, uh, so we did it. We, uh, I think um, like with our IDW books were like uh, very kind of like, uh, like a serious kind of horror, you know, like, like a lot of tension and a lot of, uh, you know, just people being like horrible and stuff. Uh, and I, I kind of think of this book as like a little bit of like a palate cleanser, you know, because uh, uh, it really like has its roots in like just loving like all those old like 70s car movies like Smokey and the Bandit and um, the Blues Brothers and stuff like that, um, all the way up to, you know, Fast and the Furious uh, for, you know, because I'm sure. 90% of the people I'm talking about have no fucking idea what those movies are. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did want to mention, sorry, I forgot to mention this earlier before we get too far. So every week on the show, we have a professional chef named Brett Macris who either curates or designs a drink. And this week he actually Ooh. made a drink inspired by oh, your book. That's awesome. A, uh, Don't drink and drive like hell. Yeah. It's got uh, bourbon. It's got, got a, a little chili well. liqueur. Kabari. Yes, stay safe out there, everybody. Uh, orange bitters, <laughs> orange peel. And it's pretty delicious. A little spicy. Got a little yeah. bit of burn. Like the hell stuff going on. Uh, yeah, real good stuff. This is like right up my alley. I just got to go get some some chili liqueur and I'm yeah, going to yeah. make this. That's uh, awesome. Highly yeah. recommend Ancho Rays is the official speaker of Comic Book Club. I don't know. I'm just kidding. It <laughs> certainly right. is popular in this group. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll Let's send you the drink. Later. <laughs> yeah. I uh, just wanted to bring that up before I forget. Uh, it's very delicious. Brett wins again with another great drink. But you have won again with another great book. So let's get back to that instead. 
what uh, just amazing segues across. yes I just, it's not just segue, it's like nuance it's like poetry i wish well, i could hear I, you alex i do want to ask you, you. <laughs> i do want to ask you alex given what rich was saying in terms of the cars what are the challenges there not just when you're drawing cars but also i know I'm kind of a broken record when i talk about this on the show but like we all know comics are a static page. You're drawing car right. races, which are the opposite of that. So yeah, what are yeah. your challenges there in terms of depicting that artistically? Just that. Just uh, make sure they don't look like they're all parked, which is, uh, <laughs> which, you know, so when starting this, like, um, like, yeah, it, it was really was like, um, I, like somebody had a, a while ago saying like they were going to give somebody like a bunch of cars to draw in a comic. And somebody on Twitter said this, and I thought that was like, "Oh, give me that challenge! I'll bring it on." Just being a like a you know full of myself, and uh, so then like actually getting into it, I'm like, "Oh shoot! How do we? How am I supposed to do this?" <laughs> like I can, uh, I figured out how to draw a car, but to make it look like it's moving and all that. See, there it is. Um, it so, like what's that? It looks it's like moving. it's moving. Yeah, yeah. It's thanks. Good. All right. That's that's a relief. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I got a, a couple ideas um, wh- uh, that I kind of uh, borrowed from other people. But um, like, uh, so I was flipping through like any book that I had that had a car chase in it or anything with cars. And uh, one thing I noticed uh, out of uh, Sin City books, uh, anytime they're showing the cars going, they're like the wheels are never on the ground. They're always up in the air, bouncing, bopping around. So that was just one of the tricks I did. I'm like, all right, this, you know, especially. Uh, Lucy, our main car there, uh, I mean, those wheels are never hitting the ground. That sucker's flying anytime that, like, if this was, like, a like somebody had a camera and taking a photo of this, you just always caught it on a bounce, you know? Mm. And um, and along with that, just speed lines. Which was something, like, honestly, I've, I didn't, I've never done too much of. And then our friend uh, Joe Mulvey, he did a... Uh, uh, commission, I think, of somebody for him. Uh, I think like Akira or like what, what's the one with the motorcycle slide? Yeah, Akira. Akira. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, mm. and, which is something I still need to check out. But uh, but yeah, he did such a good job. And then I'm like, oh, he he killed all the speed lines. I'm gonna have to try that. I gotta try that one of these days. So yeah, so uh, on our logo, right, right behind you there. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's going so fast. Rich, from a story perspective, you got this guy and his girlfriend who is dead, but not quite dead in the car. Why were these the important characters to hook the story on? Well, I kind of wanted to do like a, a little bit of like a Bonnie and Clyde kind of thing where you had this, uh, uh, this couple who, and, and, you know, and their, their gang kind of, uh, pulling off these like heists and jobs and things like that. Um, But I think the thing with Bobby Ray, especially as a character is that um, he's just kind of cut from the mold of of somebody who is not going to be kind of like told what to do by, you know, by, uh, you know, by the police, by the devil, by, um, (laughs) by god or anybody like he's gonna like really just like the entire universe could be telling him like look just you know give the car back or whatever and it's like he doesn't give a you know it's like this is my car now i love it (laughs) you know and i want it um so 
I think that that was just kind of like the mold I was going through with him. And then with, with Dahlia, she's almost kind of like the voice of reason, you know, like uh, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more like realistic about like what's going on. And like, you know, like, like we gotta, you know, we got to uh, take certain things into account here. Um, but I mean, honestly, like there's a really simple reason why there's two of them. And that's because, it's like if it was him alone in the car, like every in-car scene, it's like who's he talking to? He's talking to yeah, you know, he needs, like, kind of needs somebody to talk to, and mm -hmm. you know, then you can have those scenes where like you know, you know, they could talk to each other, and, and like they're in the car, you know, and, and it doesn't get like you know just like boring, like you know, you don't want like every scene where you're like seeing inside the car of him just being like you know eyes on the road <laughs> steadfast <laughs> yeah. obeying all traffic uh rules as he yeah exactly you know I, uh, I just like the idea that uh the per the voice of reason is someone who's kind of holding the head yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i feel that way a lot uh we got a good general question here from youtube i wanted to bring up i'd love to get your guys answer as well easy reader says what was your first car oh my first caught hell car uh yeah, <laughs> yeah first hell car <laughs> wow. yeah, my first car was a, a fabulous uh 1996 mercury mystique uh named Ooh. samantha samantha <laughs> and i had a little hula doll there named yeah and a whole bit and i ran that thing to the ground oh man but, uh, nice nice red car and uh yeah that was back in uh yeah, it was Yep. R.I.P. Samantha. <laughs> Rich, what about you? First car? Uh, mine was uh, actually a Lincoln Mark 7. Like wow. uh, getting rid of and sold it to me instead of, uh, you know, just like Rando. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, it was nice. <laughs> That's a much cooler car. <laughs> what year was it? Oh, God. I don't remember. Um, it had, it must have been like, early 90s maybe late 80s because it was like it was pretty old like when i got it uh in good shape but you know but nice. yeah that was fun um speaking of first cars though i do have a fun story about the car what inspired the car in uh in drive like hell which is a uh 1980 turbo trans am oh. um it's uh my dad actually had that car and we used to drive around in it uh when i was like wow you know do you do donuts and stuff in it, or uh, probably I don't know. Not <laughs> yeah. with the car. I remember riding in it and like going really fast on the highway and stuff, like in the back seat and whatnot. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, it was literally it was the car from like Smokey and the Bandit where it had like that big firebird yeah. on the. Top oh yeah, that, that, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, but ours was it was white with like a blue bird on it. Ooh. Oh, so cool! I love it. Yeah, that. <laughs> it got stolen. It got stolen three times. Of course, it did. Yeah. And too cool, the, too cool yeah. for this world. Yeah, everybody you know, coveted it. We can't have nice things. It's like you know. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder you're writing about stealing cars. It's uh, yeah. you're albatross. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, and then the last time, some guy like he he just whoever the guy that stole it just like totaled it. So oh, so, yeah. heartbreaking. Sad Man, lack of respect. Uh, that's a that's heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah, Pete, what was your first car? Well, my first car uh, was the eighty-five Bu Buick Regal. It was two tone gray. The thing was a boat. Um, yeah. Uh, my brother uh, was uh, uh, totaled it uh, going through, a, trying to turn into a Taco Bell at like two in the morning. Um, but my favorite car. He hit the Taco Bell. He didn't <laughs> hit the Taco, the, Taco Bell. the Taco Bell. 
Luckily, he hit somebody who was drunker than he was, so he didn't get the uh, he didn't yeah, get you can't trouble. get a ticket if, if you can't get that. Yeah, as as the other ones clearly, uh, yeah, they were both trying. <laughs> that's to Sorry, Rochester. I just want to break. That's Rochester. Don't yeah. don't drink and drive like hell. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Where was that? Where was that? Twenty five years ago, Alex. Sorry, yeah, I'll exactly. send it back in time. Sorry. Yeah, that. that's going to be super helpful. Uh, but my favorite was I had an eighty five Buick Regal. I called the Spanish Fly, and that thing was. Uh, it was two-tone tan, and it was glorious. I love the two-tone <laughs> vibes you're giving off. You love a second tone. I do. Um, I do. I drove a 79 Ford F-150. Woo-hoo! It was rusted out on one side, white truck with a red tailgate that for some reason had two <laughs> had two gas tanks. And there was a little switch. It was a long stick. Like was one diesel? Switch. What? I don't know why there were two, but I. Could, why I is there like, two gas tanks? I was like, watch this, and I would press the button, and then we didn't have to get gas. Wow, wow. man. It's like James Bond shit for us. Check this button out. Now we're both on empty. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Spy Hunter. Yeah, exactly. I'm broke twice. It was like Spy Hunter <laughs> on NES. Me over there. Oh, man. Uh, now, guys, this is nothing to do with the. Alex, uh, where's your truck in this? Oh, I truck? had a. Nissan Sentra hatchback. I think at the time it was called Datsun, and then they changed it over to Nissan, or I don't remember. Um, you know, tons of trunk space in that thing. It was great. Wow. Does that sound wild weird? teen, wild teen on the loose over here. <laughs> I did a lot of theater. I can carry stuff in the back. I was the guy with uh, they were like, put all the props in there. Hey, you guys need a place for your props. You can That's what teens use trunk. like a nice hatchback for, right? Like, ooh, there's a lot of space in the trunk. Let's put props in there, right? Yeah, guys. Sure. Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you guys about the publishing of things at Dark Horse in particular, because I noticed that you have the solicit for the first four issues, but we already know when the trade collection is coming out at the same time. I think it's coming out in July. Um, where does that give you like a little bit of relaxation there to know, okay, they're already in for all of that. And where is the focus, in your opinion, from Dark Horse? Is it the single issues? Is it the trade? Is it both of those things? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I think it does uh, kind of help to know that there's like a, a solid schedule in place that we're going to stick to. Um, you know, we worked all we worked all of it out. Like, I guess, like. Uh, earlier this year or like end of last year, like what the schedule is going to be. So, you know, I know like when I have to get my script in, Alex knows when he has to get, you know, inks in and colors in and stuff like that. So it does help. I think, um, uh, dark horse switched over to uh penguin random house from diamond and mm-hmm. they, uh, apparently like to have everything in, uh, sooner than diamond would have so like um so it was kind of like uh alex i'm not sure like but did did you do the cover for number four before you even start on an issue four right like, oh yeah yeah the covers yeah. were all done before i think i did the cover for four before even like like in the middle of number two yeah I like it might have been like yeah so those covers were done fast yeah and, um like the series has been drawn and colored and finished now for uh about a month, right? Yeah, about a month. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, and now they're just they're coming out, which I mean, it's great. Now they can go out. You don't have to worry about it. Like, 
you know, whatever's late or anything like that, or like, you know, I get yeah. sick or something like that. And I, you know, miss a week or something like that. No, it's, it's done. It's just now it's going to yeah. come out with everything as it comes out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. As, as, as far as like the trades versus issues, I, I, I do think it's both, but I think um, they're definitely like, um, like, uh, like the book market and stuff like that is like very important to them. Like it's, it's not like, you know, it's not an afterthought. Like it's, it's uh, like the, they really like design the trade to like, it's going to look really, really cool. Like it's going to have like, you know, yeah, silly things like spot gloss, like on the cover and stuff like that. <laughs> and like the, the pages they designed for the inside look really good. So it's going to yeah. be a really nice like presentation. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to get that yeah, the whole thing together. It's going to be yeah. fun. Oh, that's great. Um, I wanted to ask you guys about a couple of other projects, if that's okay. Rich, this was announced, yeah. I believe, earlier today. You're going to be writing yeah. a cyborg Spider-Man story in yeah. Spider-Verse number two. What can number you tell two. us about that? Um, yeah, that, that came about like um, just pretty randomly. I've been like... Uh, talking to um nick lowe who edits, edits uh spider-man for a while about doing something and he just emailed me he's like hey do you remember cyborg spider-man and i was like yeah i do um you know i googled it immediately after but, I was like, hey, <laughs> but uh just to make sure but yeah it was uh it was just this like fun design that um eric larson came up with uh while, while he was on the book and wow. um you know, it's like totally like '90s, like bulky, um, you know, cyborg stuff and like you know, pouches and and stuff like that. Probably for some reason, you know. <laughs> um, but it, it was like a very like you know quintessential like you know like '90s like take on like Spider-Man and um, I, like talking to Nick, he was just like, "This is like a really cool design and like we've never really done much with it. Like, do you want to just?" write like a short story like he's like you can go i'm like sure like is there anything like i need to keep in mind he's like no go crazy so uh i did um, and i think like <laughs> i don't know how much i'm supposed to spoil about the story but uh i will say this i thought a cyborg spider-man uh would deserve some cyborg foes so yes uh, I, uh, <laughs> I did some uh that's awesome yeah so, it's very funny I, to think that all those 90s cyborg characters had so much like junk on them. They're like covered yeah. in metal when really it'd just be like you're cyborg now. Later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like 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 and I think we did kind of like streamline the design a little bit. Like we did like update it to make it look a little bit more modern. Um but uh but it, it's definitely got its roots in that uh yeah, Eric Larson 90s uh goodness, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you got like a Mac 2E hanging off your neck or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you keep a headband, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. The headband. That's, that's the most important part of the character. Yeah. Google Glass. Yeah. Uh, and Alex, you're working on another title, The Devil That Wears My Face with David yeah. Propose, who uh, we talked to him about this a yeah. bit in Baltimore before it came out. Um, and I think, if I remember correctly, he was pitching it to us at the table and he's like it's like face off meets the exorcist yep. and some guy was passing by it was like face off meets the exorcist that sounds cool <laughs> sign me up yeah <laughs> you set that up first of all <laughs> that uh, was me 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, But second of all, like very fun horror premise. This also drive like hell. Also horror premise. What keeps drawing you back to draw horror? Um, It's offered. No, I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I mean, horror's a blast to draw. It's fun. Um, Mm -hmm. It's fun to get get in there and uh, just draw some gnarly stuff. You know, Um, it's uh, and. like especially if you get like like a scene where it's like gonna be like all gory and stuff like that, like, <laughs> nice and relaxing because like you know if you mess them up, if you mess up the anatomy, and so they're all chopped up anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it's it's uh, it's it's fun to do. It's challenging. It's uh, it's and uh, I, and the thing with like uh, horror, I've said this before, but like the nice thing, especially with horror comics, opposed to a movie or um. Or anything like that like you know you have to have it on the page there's no like you can't rely on sound can't rely on editing you can't rely on quick cuts uh, the, the most you got is the page turn and uh so whatever you're gonna throw in there you better make it work because you know whoever's looking at it can look at it for a second or they could park with it and just look at it for a long, like all day if they want to and <laughs> um so well, whatever you throw speed it, lines you, if that's yes, speed lines you have to read yeah. it really fast <laughs> that's right <laughs> but um well, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's fun, and um, you know, it's 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 funny. It's one of those like I didn't mean to like get out to be like a horror artist or anything like that, but um, but hey, if people dig that my working hard and great. I'd, I'd be very happy to do it for the rest of my life. You know, you just love the uh, devil so much. He's a, he's, a, he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. He's got stories. <laughs> funny how. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> uh, before we let you guys go. The first two issues are out now, issue three is coming out pretty soon now at the beginning of January. I was gonna say the beginning of January, that's so far away, it's not. Uh, uh, what can you tease uh, about the second half of the series? Uh, <laughs> so in the second half of the series, I think we're gonna um, see you're definitely gonna like get a definitive answer as to like what's in the trunk. Uh, yeah. And why why everyone is all after why why they're all after this? You're going to see uh, maybe some angels get involved as well as devils, and uh, and you're going to see a lot a lot of uh, car chases and car crashes and uh, <laughs> evil cops and and things like that. Like uh, we're trying to like kind of step it up with like every issue as far as like just the vehicular madness that was uh going on uh can i make a quick guess at what might be in the trunk is it theater props because it <laughs> oh, oh that's a good one yeah oh, that's scary all dark horse we got to change this yeah. <laughs> let me say alex it is scary to think of a person bragging about the theater props in their trunk so that feels like a horror story yeah, I'll, I'll write my own book. Don't you guys even worry about it. Uh, Rich, <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for coming on. Lovely seeing you. Yeah, um, thanks so much. Great. Yeah, thanks and for having us. Second half. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. See you guys. All right. There we go. Once again, Rich Duick and Alex Cormack. The book is called Drive Like Hell. Like we just mentioned, you can check out the first two issues right now. The next issue is out January 3rd. And the trade paperback, as we also mentioned, is out July 3rd. So check out all of that. A, a TPB. TPB. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, 
creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. And now we're going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It's your audience question. <laughs> for audience questions is you got to drop a question in the comments over on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch, not X or Twitter because they don't do that and not Instagram because we couldn't figure out how to make work. But, but we will. We will. I'm going to look into it this week and we'll see if we can do it for next week. Uh, in the meantime, though, what are you guys drinking? I'm still working on this Don't Drink and Drive Like Hell, which is very good. I will re-emphasize. What about you guys? Um, I drank that. It was very good. And now I've moved on to a Montauk surf beer. Oh, man. Surf's up. I'm going to mm, hang so 10 good. of you, these. You, uh, you guzzled it. Uh, I got Pete, myself. that's my beer. You can't drink that. Oh, I can. I'm from Rochester, motherfucker. I'm from further north than you, so I technically own Labatt Blue. But um, you live in Pennsylvania. You live in Pennsylvania now. What do you, shouldn't you be drinking those PA garbage beers? Oh, whoa, whoa. Puff the brakes, bro. All right. We got a couple of questions here. So why don't we get into this? This is from Dean Delp. Did you guys see the movie Godzilla Minus One? If so, what did you think of it? I thought it was outstanding. Um, I will Uh, tell you. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, no, no. I was, I'm off of work this week. So yesterday I was like, oh, this is great. I can go take myself to see the Godzilla movie. And then we had like a minor flood in the basement and my daughter got sick and a million other things i'm like well never gonna see that movie i guess uh that's one i haven't seen it's definitely movie watching season i've seen a ton of movies but i haven't gotten to that one yet i'm gonna try because that's one gotta see in the theater oh yeah gotta see it Uh, it's definitely on my list too i can't wait to see it uh but i have not seen it yet and uh, uh i feel horrible because i love godzilla yeah, he was actually talking about it. Godzilla said he was disappointed you hadn't seen it yet, Pete. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. Godzilla, Godzilla cried a nuclear tear. <laughs> oh, man. I haven't seen the movie. People had a to nuclear tear. Oh, yeah. man. Killed like that. Thanks, Dean. Great to hear from you. Uh, sorry, I'm not on Facebook anymore, bro. Oh, man. Oh, that's You're nice. What protesting apology. meta. Kevin no. says, favorite comics for the winter holidays. Ooh, that's I had to curl nice up with a nice winter comic, you know. What was that Greg Greg Rucka book, Running Through the Snow? Where like, was that White Out? White Out. There we wow, go. Pete nailed it. Nice Come song. on, man. We've been doing this too long. <laughs> uh, uh, favorite winter comics? I'm gonna say from this year. I wish to throw the seasons have teeth to stay. Oh right yeah, off. good call. Ooh, wow. As uh, as that, but honestly, I feel like especially winter break, it's back issue time. It's time to dig in Ooh. and reread something you love. I think I'm gonna dive into Bone over this holiday break. Oh, interesting! Ooh. 
I'm also going to dive into bones this holiday season. Let's move on. Talk about the big. Hi, guys. Question for Pete. How do you feel about Letter Kenny coming to an end? Also, are you and all those comic boxes in your basement? Uh, no, this is my basement. Unfortunately, uh, like Zelvatron, uh, my basement is having flooding issues. So I'm up in the attic where Look everything's safe. Um, yeah, I, I, I did not know that Leonard Kennedy was coming in. That makes me very Last sad. Season. Um, but, uh, I enjoyed the new season of Shores. So he thought that was glorious. Um, so I'm wondering if all of Letter Kenny and Shorzy are coming to an end uh, or just, uh, I think, no, I think just Letter Kenny's coming to an end and Shorzy may be coming back again. Oh, wow. Well, that's weird. To give um, you some news. This is started with Letter Kenny. Uh, and then we got the, I know, the fans. The Pete, have you ever seen them live? They've been touring live these past couple of years. Oh, no. That would be a ton of fun to go see. We I should had... go next time they come through. I saw them not this year, but last year, and it was very fun. Oh, all, man. A lot of the people, the folks come through and do stand up, and it's, it's good. How could you go without me? I don't know. Well, this is before I knew you were such a fan. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Because mm. I was yeah. sort of the letter Kenny guy on here. And then. Oh, what? I Are you claiming Canada again, Kenny. buddy? I love I'm from Kenny. further north than you. Just because you're drinking Canadian beer, <laughs> that's stolen valor. I'm from the border. Oh, my God. Rochester's a, like basically on the lake. This is from Nat Townsend. Question for the guests. Oops. Uh, <laughs> sorry. What were your favorite comics of 2023? Sorry, you know, Nat. We I, read these before you put them up on the screen. You know no, I, mean? I can't. I can't bet stuff. I'm sorry. It's against read. our contract. But I will say, as a little plug, we're going to be doing our best comics of 2023 with no guests next week. So that's like the opposite of what you were asking, Nat. Hey, hooray! Yay! Edward Doherty says most memorable props from a comic book movie prior to the MCU and after. That's great. This is a question for Alex, who is, uh, as we know, the property master of (laughs) the property master. I will say, I I talked about this last week, but I finally watched it for the first time. Um, That sword he has with like the three little tiny little swords. Wait, would you say I missed it? I I watched Blade for the first time. Yes, Blade. and that sword is the sword with the handle with like oh. the three tiny, smaller swords that pop out the other way. Very yeah. cool. That is cool. I guess from Blade, my favorite prop is the ice skates that some motherfuckers <laughs> are trying to skate uphill with. Wait, can I can I tell you? I looked up. I was trying to find out because I had an idea after we were talking about it. I was like, I could probably set up some sort of oral history of some motherfuckers are always trying to ice camp hill. But Wesley Snipes talked about it last year during an interview, that line. And I swear to God, he must have made up this entire story because it sounds insane. But the way that he described the line, by the way, just like to give context for anybody who hasn't yes, seen it in say, a while. It sounds insane. The kill line that he does with the big bad guy is the he blood said god. The, the blood god is he says he looks at him and says some motherfuckers are always trying to skate uphill ice skate uh, yeah, up ice skate uphill. uphill and then he kills him and it's very funny but it's it also the is most nonsense. insane <laughs> kill line a movie that isn't about there's never it's, been a talk of like the ice. most insane i mean it's the most on. random it's the most random kill line okay. the movie's not a, there's no ice skating ice skating uphill is a, a wild metaphor to use in that <laughs> also you don't really ice skate uphill you famously ice skate on flat surfaces 
yeah it also doesn't have anything to do with the action or anything like that but i like legitimately laughed out loud when i heard that line is great anyway the thing that the story that wesley snipes told is he was like oh yeah well we were filming and trying to figure out that line and we're having dinner all of us and talking and we were eating this really good sour cream chicken you know it was chicken really covered Mm -hmm. in sour cream the sort of chicken that like you want lick under your fingernails after you're eating and then i sent this line and then it ended up in the movie wait he said the line about the chicken no, no he, he said the line while he was why, eating the chicken he, it's this whole story where he's like first of all i don't know what sour cream chicken is is it just chicken covered in sour cream second of all lick under your fingernails that's, that's yeah, like it, if you've ever good had good barbecue or something, you you know, yeah, like your you, fingertips, but not like eh, yeah. But sometimes no, you haven't had barbecue that's that that good. Yeah. Oh yeah, lick under like Pete keeps tiny little fingernail garbage plates that he licks later. Oh, right, yeah. he has like the end of his tongue is paper thin, so it's yeah. really easy for him. To... Oh yeah, Pete is Pete is a snake tongue. He's partial tongue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think. Um, to answer the question, to go back to the audience question a little bit, I remember when we got a. Uh, tour of when uh, dc comics was in new york i got a, a a tour of the facility and one of the props that they had um was a uh, bust of um oh my god i can't believe i'm blanking on his name he na- named his kid kal-el um uh oh my god from a nicholas cage nicholas cage thank you um <laughs> It was a bust of Nicolas Cage as Superman, but because um, it turns out Nicolas Cage is bald, it was like a bald bust, and it freaked me the fuck out, and it was just kind of like sitting there, Mm -hmm. and uh, it it wouldn't stop looking at me, and it was really kind of uh, uh, insane to see. Pete, it's actually right behind you right now. I'm not falling for it. You're you're about to be busted. Um, Busted. My favorite prop from, I guess, my favorite movie is um, upcoming Aquaman's Trident from the upcoming. Oh man, can't wait, dude! This weekend, let's go. I, me too. It's my favorite nap of when, whenever the first one came out, and I'm looking forward to sleep the shit out of this one too. Yeah. Uh, well, great. All right. This is from Nat Townsend on his question: What were your favorite comics of 2023? Nat, I gotta say. Next week is when we're going to be talking it. about our favorite comics of 2023. Please we're going to have all lists. Before. We're going to count them down. Appreciate you asking, but we're going to talk about it then, okay? This is from Travis M. Would you rather do Pete's Arrow Corner for eight straight hours or eat four garbage plates in one day? That's Whew. an easy one. Garbage plates. Yeah, I've definitely eaten four garbage plates in a day before. Four in one day? How'd you Uh-oh. spread them out? Like well, one, two, and one, or all, all we once? went. It was um, <laughs> four in the morning, and then you, you might, it might be, su- yeah, you might be dead. surprised at this, but we were really drunk and we were like, Oh, god, I love garbage plates, I can eat these all day. And it was like, Well, what you know, we only really eat them when we're drunk, and then we're like, Well, what if we at four in the morning just started drinking again and would basically get drunk, eat a garbage plate, sober up. Drink again, so it was just kind of an all day drinking affair, and we had uh, for it. It was a uh, because a lot of people, my stomach like, was so fucked up for a while. So no, was, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, garbage plates are what, uh, like after you've had a cup, a bunch of drinks, it's like and people say hot coffee, but no, it's actually eating an entire garbage plate will sober you up, it will sober you up. It's yeah, you're like, yeah, we would this joke. 
growing up, if you beat the cop to the, the garbage plate spot, they couldn't get you for drunk driving because you would be sober. <laughs> don't don't drink and drive like that. <laughs> yeah, let me, let uh, yeah. Bring and instead of the in the breathalyzer, you just blow one garbage plate rather than uh, <laughs> the number. Uh, this is a trick question because eight hours of Pete's Arrow Corner involves at least four garbage plates. So. That's <laughs> <that's> <laughs> Uh, have you seen the critical reaction to Rebel Moon on Rotten Tomatoes? I critical. have. Critical. Yes, the reviews are bad for this new Zack Snyder movie. No. Shocking. Shocking turn of events. Uh, the, the tweets and social posts after the first screening were so funny to me just because, like, they were... So this is the first part of a two-part movie that he's releasing on Netflix. However, he's also said that he's limited it to a PG-13 movie, but he has an R-rated director's cut he's going to release later on. And everybody's like, you're putting it on Netflix. There doesn't need to be a director's cut. You could just put up the movie the way you want it. That's the whole point. I think and he knows his process, which is yeah, I think one he knows, cut yeah. and then a weirder cut and then one more cut. Finally, 100%. And but every single post was like, Oh, that was really interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing when the plot starts to come together in the second part. And maybe it'll be fleshed out more of the director's cut. At every post, I was like, you could just say it's bad. That's fine. Like it's, it's clearly well, bad. Yeah, it's not clearly bad. It's very funny. It's like releasing the trailer along with a press release. It says, and there will be a longer cut coming to major um, uh, theaters everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Still probably going to watch it anyway. Oh, I mean, I'll watch it. It looks, I will say the poster looks like um, in a movie where they're trying to make fun of Star Wars without mm-hmm. having being able to use Star Wars. That's what the movie poster looks in like. And maybe that's that what the movie is. Well, it was originally, for anybody who doesn't know, it was originally a Star Wars movie that he wrote. And they were like, we don't want to do this. And he was like, no problem. Gonna find and replace all the names. Here we go. Great stuff. Frederico Rosa says, have you guys watched the latest Doctor Who specials? I had never watched the show and really liked it. All right. Wow. Yeah. Frederico. I have. I thought the first two in particular were a ton of fun. Did not love the third one, but uh, that's okay. I'm really looking forward to Nishuti Gatwa's era that's coming with the Christmas special. I haven't had a chance to watch it. I got a screener for it, but I've been a little busy. So, um, but yeah, Doctor Who, after years of it being like, Ooh, I'm very strained watching this. It seems maybe to be good again. So that's very nice. Wow. Uh, let us see if there is anything else here. Probably a lot of Nat stuff you have to page. Yeah, through. there is. There is. <laughs> uh, Stanley, ask it again. Would you ever do a live show together? I think definitively at this point, the answer is no. We, we are going what? to. <laughs> Speaking of that, isn't isn't this show right now like our... 18th year of doing this. No, that was technically technically back at the beginning of the month was our 18th. Did we talk about it? We did afterwards. We were like right at the end. Oh, I think this was our 18th anniversary. Or nice. Something. We're really good at celebrating. Well, we'll we we'll are going to do a live show. Next that was week. our Ed Brubaker show. We celebrated it by having Ed Brubaker on. And, and not Pete, unfortunately. <laughs> not a great <laughs> celebration. Uh, we are going to do a live show. We're getting ve- ever closer to um, selecting the date and location. 
<laughs> real quick, just to check, which one of us is going to die before we do the live show? Wait, real quick, which one of us is supposed to follow up with the theater about nailing down a date? Um, whoever I honestly don't know at this point. <laughs> whoever dies first has to follow up with the theater. No, we got to get this going, man. I want to see you guys to. in real life and punch you. Uh, the big says Alex after the third Doctor Who episode where you're seeing Spice Girls for a week I was not because I don't like Neil Patrick Harris moving on Frederica Rosa says I, I just don't like him he really grates on me I don't know what it is that might have been my problem with the third special but good scene I'm glad everybody like liked it nope no, wow. I don't know. what about the Starship Troopers guy he plays um, sure he was fine as that if you could erase a character Harold or an Lugar, event from comics history him. what would you which would you choose wow cyclops you wouldn't erase the larry jane mephisto moment you said your answer and you messed ah, up i was too uh, my hatred of cyclops blinded me ironically yeah <laughs> ironically yeah. erase a character or an event that's tough because uh, yeah, it would it's be all out there. Mephisto, mm -hmm. Mary Jane bullshit. It would, uh, you know, this new. You know what I currently don't love is I don't love the whole jackpot thing. Like having Mary Jane have powers just doesn't work for me. I'd erase that. Well, mm -hmm. and they're sort of only half doing it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's in some stuff, not in others. It is a little strange. I agree with you, but it. It's I like the way that Jed McKay, Black Cat and Mary Jane series sort of dealt with it, yes. that it is there was an emotional uh, part of it. And that was really cool and interesting, I thought. Um, I mean, honestly, my issue with comics is much less in, uh, erasing stuff or being like that was a bad choice. It's the repetition. So I I want more reality, more things and not mm -hmm. less things. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is from Nat Towson. Audience question. What do you think were Zack Snyder's favorite comics of 2023? Once again, Nat, we're talking about our best comics next week. And the week after Zack is releasing his director's cut of our best comics. So you can yeah. check that out. It'll be then. much longer. We're not talking about it. It's going to be really fucked up. This is a great question. Zack Snyder has never read a comic that I think is all. <laughs> hey. Uh, and it from the cover. Last question. Why don't we wrap up on this one? Seriously, though, which one is going to die first? I don't know. That's tough because I'm the youngest, so I should live the longest, but I also live the hardest. You do live the hardest. <laughs> yeah, <true>. no. <laughs> I don't know. Pete is right in front of a very I was, I was just thinking that. <laughs> I just hope we're on the comic books. It's a great way to go. The Punisher Shrine on top of your your stack just fall, crushes you, and you yeah. die happy. You die like, yes. What would you do if your comics fell on you, mm -hmm. and the only comics that spilled out in reachable length were the Frankencastle comics? I don't like, own those. I you don't, don't own them? Magically. You didn't buy them? Why would no. I... Oh, I, when I come to visit them. you before you die, I slip them inside one of the boxes. We stashed so a bunch of Frankencastle. I would give yeah, myself flipper cuts with those pages and kill me faster. <laughs> uh, but I did want to point out, uh, I got a great Christmas gift here. Uh, Stray Bullies, uh, the unbelievable Stray Bullies sent me Ted Lasso uh, Funko Pop. And I put it on my uh, 
wall, my nerd wall That's there. Nice. And, uh, he, yeah, he, uh, he made my Christmas. So it was quite oh. nice of him. That's really nice. Very nice. Why don't we move on with our next section, which is my next favorite section, I guess. Ooh, because Pete it sounds it like up. it's least favorite section. <laughs> Trivia! Yay! This is the part we give the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win 25 free dollars to Midtown Comics Online. Because if you had 25 bucks, you go to a comic book shop. Uh, all we need is a first hand up, a brave volunteer, and we can get this bad boy go. You don't even have to be that brave. Oh, uh, Nat, Easy Rider uh, said happy holidays. So, uh, Ooh, happy Travis. One of us. There we Travis. go. Yeah, Travis. All right. Ooh. Cool beans. All right, today's trivia is on comic book quotes and a small nod to the legend. Camden Toy, R.I.P. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go, Travis. Question number one. What comic book character once said, nobody suddenly discovers anything. Things are made slowly and in pain. Was it A, Wolverine, B, Doctor Strange, or C, Brian Austin Green? Hmm. That's nice. So Edward Doherty is pre-guessing ABA for the... Uh... Oh, Doherty going in on the ABA there. So far, he has something. We'll yeah, it's going to be fun to... We'll really is it, speed is up it A? I mean, while we're waiting for Travis, is it A? It is A. Wow, <laughs> let's say the Travis guessed A and move on. To All that. right, he got it right. Of course that was nice. Wolverine. He's talking about pain. Okay, here we go. Question number two. What comic book character said we can't help what we are, only what life we choose to make for ourselves? Mm. Was it A, Batman, B, Wonder Woman, or C, Steve Rizzo? Mm. It's a shame. This one feels like A, honestly. Mm, oh, it, it does, does. It? it does? Is it does B, though? Feel- it is B. Wow, Eric Doherty. <laughs> Amazing, but Travis. We got do. A, I think we do have to let let the people guess. <laughs> we can't push that. it so far. All right, here we go. Last one. Question number three: What comic book character said brazen power always succumbs to silence and stealth? Wow, this is very. Was deep. it A. Alex's mom, B. Black Panther, or C. Mimi Michaels? So that's weird because I think it would be B Black Panther, but my mom always says that. That's true. Mm. Yeah. Does she though? She's always commenting that. Mm-hmm. She did say to me today, I was talking to her on the phone, and she was like, So can I listen to your podcasts on iHeartRadio? And I was like, Yes. That's <laughs> nice. We were like, <laughs> We're almost there. Almost there. Did she say, I heard that um, Justin's mom is um, supporting the show, and now I feel a lot of pressure to get involved. Yeah, she said that, but about Pete's mom, which I don't know. (laughs) Pete is correct, Travis. You did it. You got it all right. And Pete, what was the secret movie? From That's correct, yeah. We've been doing this for years. We've been doing this for years. I mean, no, I'm only asking because he's most known, I think, for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
Hey, nice job. Yeah, I, did. I, I wondered if you would know who he is. Yeah. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the 2011 movie Chrome Skull Laid to Rest 2. What? what? Real quick, what's your favorite scene in that movie? Because there's yeah. so many. I find That's it so question. hard to there choose. There are a lot of scenes. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great scenes. My Shouts probably... to Brian Austin Green, who you name-checked. Yeah, uh, I would have to say probably when you think uh, he's dead and they're laying to rest, but then he comes back to life. You know what oh, I mean? Man, that and scene then, is crazy. That is a yeah, crazy is scene. Because his yeah. skull is so chrome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's hard to kill somebody dump. when they got a chrome dump. Got a chrome yeah. dump. Travis, congratulations. You've won a gift card to Midtown Comics. Shoot us an email and we will get that off to you. And folks, why don't we move and talk about new comics that are coming out this week? What are you guys looking forward to? Pete, what's on your pull list? Oh, I tell you what, uh, the Deviant number two is on my pull list Wait, as well. Really? As, as well as Batman Offworld number two. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I also have two uh, that I'm excited for. Number one is uh, Animal Pound, number one by Tom. Oh, King. dude. Oh, man. I can't wait to talk to you about this. That's going to be some fun stuff. Oh, the book that, this is That's some, not really a spoiler, I don't think, but because uh, it's, it's the start of the animal revolution, is this book right here. But it's uh, sort of Tom King's uh, comic book version of Animal Farm uh, set in a pound, which I thought thought was very cool. And then I got to give it up for Doctor Strange number 10 by my guy, Jed McKinnon. Oh, yeah. Or by Pascal Ferry. I love that this book. And it's this is an exciting one. Lots of stuff I was excited about this week. A couple of things that I'll mention. Uncanny Spider-Man number five from Marvel. I've been loving this series. So excited to yes. see where it wraps up. So good. Uh, also, I was very interested in Shift, number one from Image Comics. Shift is probably the one villain from the massive verse who's really stuck out in any way. So I was curious to see. That this is a collection of a bunch of short stories that have followed him. I think they were in the Image 25 anthology or something like that. Yeah. Uh, plus an original story. So curious to check that out as well. Those are all going to be in our Stack podcast that posts Wednesday at 9 a.m. in the Stack feed and the comic book club feed and folks that is it for this week's shoe <laughs> couple of people we want to thank we want to thank rich dueck and alex cormack yeah. for coming on to talk about drive like hell first two issues Great. are out now you can check out the third issue on january 3rd and the trade on july 3rd also jeffrey brown for talking about mandalorian and child which is out now from chronicle books next week on the show as mentioned we're going to be talking about our best comics yeah. Of 2023, just on time. This is, I believe, the first list of its type that's going to come out. So that's very exciting. And no one's ever thought to rank before. I know. Man, I know. We're really innovating here. I hope nobody finds out about this and does it first. And then, of yeah. course, Zach's night. Zach will be releasing his director's cut afterwards. So that should be a lot of fun. But no guests. Z-Man. And then coming back in the new year, if you are only here for the guests. Um, we are going to have somebody else that I'm forgetting about, but January 2nd, we're going to have John Ridley is going to be yes. on the show. So that should be big. And Cliff Bazin- Bazinski. There you go. To talk about Scrapper, one of our favorite recent yeah. We're yeah. coming back strong in the new year. Going out weak, coming back strong. That's what I like to say. Comic book week? club news. We're going out weak and geek. Is what we're going out. Comic book club news, our daily comic book news show, Monday through Friday, every day of the week. Also, you can uh, support us at patreon.com slash comic book club. 
Saturdays and Sundays don't count. Subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter slash X, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram and TikTok, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. And if you enjoyed this theme song, check out Girls 5 Eva next year on Netflix. Yeah, Ooh, wow. Great one. Let me get one. Alex had mic problems. He's really been uh, struggling this whole show. Oh, what a, what a disaster. <laughs>